Good love our gracious queens Are throughout their just queens Their time has come United Queendom Here at United Queendom, we're big fans of box menswear. For boxers, briefs, jocks, tracksuits, swimwear and so much more, head over to boxmenswear.com for stellar deals, worldwide shipping and some killer eye candy. It's Bag of Chips having a bag of brown with United Queendom. Why can't we ever do it? Well, I didn't even pre-warn you then, so it kind of was sprung on you a little bit. <laughs> I, did, I wouldn't have expected you to go with the... I mean, it's not like a saxophone. That was my, that was my, that was my guitar voice. Well, it's more piano-y, isn't it? The actual one. It's very, it's very difficult to do a piano with a human voice. Dong, 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 dong. No, that's wrong. You I go That's very piano-y. I'm going to do a piano for Snatch Game. Well, you probably don't remember um, somebody actually did a song of that and it was in the charts. I do Every know. Woken, fall in, in love. love. That's what arts can do. Was it Anita Dobson? Yeah, it was. Do you know what I think is so funny? Because I've been watching um, Top of the Pops 1990, like we have discussed before. But um, like, I mean, the amount of shit. Like, I mean, how long was um, Timmy Mallet's Timmy Mallet's um, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny number one for? And I remember thinking, like, I mean, that is just the, the thought that that would be number one now is outrageous. I, and nothing that good would be number one now. The charts these days are absolute crap. I performed that for my partner the other day. Itsy weeny te. I think I just got out of the bath and I just started dancing around to it. And for some reason, the response wasn't arousal, which is very weird, but must be more of a problem with him than me. Um, uh, yeah, I would say so. Definitely. not. Definitely not you. Definitely not you wedging your cock and balls into an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow picker dot bikini bed. <laughs> I've wedged it into worse things. Um, right, let's, <laughs> let's focus on Drag Race. So it's the Boost Enders episode. I'm Ed Dyson, and this is my co-host, Sam Dowler, you slag. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for fucking having me. It's great to be here. Oh, that's fucked my throat. Oh, and usually I enjoy that. Um, right, let's, <laughs> let's, give, let's get to the rating. Sam, what do you give this episode out of... Out of what? Uh, ten. Out of ten, I'm giving it a seven. Oh my god, this is freaky, yo! I'm also giving it a seven. What are the odds? Shut up, babe. What are the fucking odds? It's actually surprising it doesn't happen more often. I think it's, the odds are about one in ten, I would say. Well, probably even less because we rarely go ten and we never go as low as one. So I mean, it's 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 quite likely to happen. So yes, I'm giving a we seven. Go, we go high. We go high. No one goes low. <laughs> we get high and then we go low usually. Uh... <laughs> That's why we take our five HDP. <laughs> Just after our what? Sing it along, Bag of Brown. Yes. Bag of Brown. Oh, it's lovely to have a catchphrase. Coming soon to all merch near you. So last week, a horror made like Piers Morgan and sashayed away for saying that, um, and we now have the full story about this. So last week when we recorded, we didn't know what had been bleeped out. We speculated in a horror's uh, comedy routine that it was fisting or big black cock. It was actually her saying that her nan, her, both her and her nan had gaping assholes. So thanks to everyone who got in touch to let us know that because all the American viewers saw it um, uncensored. <laughs> and also, what's and I just still, I just still think like, what's what's wrong with that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with a gaping asshole anyway. But what's wrong with say saying it? I just like there is no way that that has not been said on the BBC at some point. I mean, I reckon Dawn French said it more than once. Well, I found out the actual story, which is that Ahura, she gave an interview after her elimination last week with some lesser platform, now I'm joking, and she um, said that it was actually her nan that called the BBC and asked them to censor it, because uh, she didn't... No way! Yeah, apparently she didn't want that joke going in, and they have a duty of care, because <laughs> uh, she's not a contestant. I mean, she never denied having the gaping arsehole, she never said it wasn't true, she just said she didn't want it joked about, to be clear. <laughs> Well, I, I, I just love it. I just think it's um, 
It's, it's reminiscent of Megan calling up ITV to uh, to complain. Sometimes you think these people don't have the time, but apparently they do. I knew you would shoehorn Megan in. I was trying to, in my notes, avoid <laughs> any possibility of you getting Megan in, but I knew you'd manage. Do you want to have your rant now and just get it out of the way and then we'll have a Megan-free episode? Because we're all sick of it. No? There's no... No, there's no... Yeah, that's what I think is I am I am sick of it. Um, I... I you know, I believe her pain. I believe, you know, words were said. But then also I'm on the Queen's side. It is now a private family matter. So let's just leave it there. Well, you always side with Queen's. Um, but actually, this next bit I was going to mention, <laughs> it plays into this whole race debate, um, kind of, which is I'm not giving my opinion on it, but I'm just putting this out there that a friend speculated that because um, we were very confused last week when Ahura left and thinking that Taste might be yeah. eliminated because she only had one win and Ahura was doing really well and the lip sync was quite close. And someone said, oh, maybe the BBC were a bit concerned about having an all white final four, which had not occurred to me. But then actually, maybe that is something they're considering now. And that's not at all to diminish Taste's talents, because I actually think Taste is doing better than she's been given credit for in the competition. But it does, but it does sound a bit like it's diminishing to me. I mean, I would say the best person for the job, not anything else. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying this would be a good way to go about it. I'm not saying they are doing this. I'm just saying it was very confusing to me as well, someone sounds, who sounds like you are. Well, <laughs> I, I followed Drag Race obviously for a long time. I know its patterns, and it was very weird to eliminate a horror. Um, they wouldn't usually do that in the American show. They would usually save someone who's got the challenge wins unless they were destroyed in the lip sync, which she wasn't. So I, mm. it made sense mm. that there might have been something a bit more, I don't know, something else at play. Maybe maybe not. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't come for me, please. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I personally don't think so. I think um, I do think it was a it was. But it wasn't so glaringly obvious that that um, Ahura should have won it. I think. Um, and also, I think taste was amazing this week. So I, I think, um, I think, I think, no, I don't think, I don't think that, I don't think that sort of nefarious practices was at, at you know, afoot. Well, we will have to agree to disagree. But on this show, we are allowed to air <laughs> separate platform, uh, separate opinions without anyone storming off. And that is why we are the highest rated. <laughs> Wait, ITV hang on. I might storm to... off now. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the day is young. Um, so we get uh, Lawrence continuing to talk about this fucking lineup, this never ending lineup. She goes, What if that was me? And I'm just like, I'm still not buying into this thing of like the idea that Lawrence could be eliminated is this holocaust that we're all meant to be absolutely horrified by. But um, I love that she said to Ellie Diamond, it didn't get you a badge though, was it worth it? And it's just like, well, yes, it was because she didn't go home. Like if she hadn't fucked with the lineup, Exactly. It was worth it to just be in the position that she was in. She got through. That was good enough. And at the end of the day, um, you know, as we said last week, Ellie was just playing the game. And she says this week, like, what what else was I supposed to have done? I mean, like, try and make everybody else look good. And again, I reiterate what I said last week. If anybody else had been in that in that position, other than maybe Taste, like you said, they would have put fucking Ellie in the first position in order to get rid of her. They would have done. Well, and the thing is, Ellie was close to the bottom two last week. There wasn't a lot in it between those the bottom three. Mm. So her strategy probably is the reason that she's now in the final. So, like, who can begrudge her that? Yeah, absolutely. But is, let me ask you, is this the top four that you envisaged at the beginning of the show or even halfway through this season? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> I thought Lawrence would be in it. I thought Bimini would be in it. Do you know what? The only, the, I, I just wish, I just wish um, it was a horror instead of Ellie Diamond. Sorry. Well, I mean, it gets even more frustrating with the fact there is, spoiler, a double save later on, because that makes it even more that that could have been a horror save, because it wasn't even a case of they didn't have enough episodes to keep someone. They did, and it just seems... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll get to that. RuPaul walks into the room making a load of EastEnders references that she doesn't understand, using that earpiece to full effect. <laughs> but obviously, we, we do understand... What, what Ru needs, what, what needs is that expert, Michelle. I mean, she just seems to know everything about Britain. Um, actually, do we know if um, Michelle has piped up anything to do with the Harry and Meghan scandal? Has she said anything about it? Sam, you had your Meghan moment. I gave it to you. You can't bring it up again. Um, uh, I don't <laughs> think she has mentioned it, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Because seeing as that everyone, including us, is incapable of talking about anything else at the moment. I think somewhere, I think when somebody hasn't mentioned it, 
it means they didn't like it. If they have mentioned it and gone, yay, well done, Megan, that's because they're like, oh, you know, you know, all, all the stuff that comes with that. But if they haven't mentioned it, like if you can't say, I think a lot of people, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. The silence is deafening. Very true. <laughs> um, so unlike RuPaul, we do know about EastEnders. We've both watched the show in the past. So Sam, what is your favourite <laughs> ever EastEnders iconic moment? Oh, do you know what I have? I have a few actually. So as I was growing up as a, a young gay man, um, what? the I didn't really watch a lot of it, but I did. I did. You know, I, I dipped in and out. My parents used to love it, and then I think they stopped watching it because it all became a bit too negs and a bit too miserable. And um, mm. so I picked it up, and I was watch, and I used to watch it when Tiffany, Ricky, and uh, Tiffany's K brother Simon, and the whole first ever gay thing that I watched. I watched that avidly, and do you know what? It gave it gave me strength. I'm not gonna lie, and I really, I really enjoyed. It. I know why they. I don't. I mean, they obviously have gay storylines now for you know because you know there's you know billions of gay people in the in in the uk but like back then i think it was just in london (laughs) yeah but back then i think it was it was a real it was a real help for me and i and i and i just i loved it and it was all a bit of a scandal it was about sort of and i was going through basically the exact same thing at the same time as that was happening i mean i know you were younger but to me like the whole thing with um with simon and david um who was tiffany's brother it was all you know, it was it really rang true for me. So I watched it for that, and then when that sort of petered out, Peter Peter wasn't involved at all. But when that Peter when that petered out, I did um I just kind of stopped watching <laughs> Peter it. bealed out. <laughs> I stopped watching it, and then and then like and then only ever, I only ever like sort of caught it on Christmas Day and stuff. Because but I I do remember picking it up again at some point later on, and then just feeling miserable at each time each time I finished watching it and thinking like why am I watching this? It just makes me miserable. I mean, yeah, EastEnders has never been known for being upbeat or feel-good TV, has it? But I used to be an avid viewer, and same as you. Even after I stopped watching, I always dipped in at Christmas because EastEnders loves to build up a storyline for about five years. So sometimes you can go away for a year and still come back, and it's still going on just as you left it. But um, I'd say, do you know when you were talking about that era? I loved that era as well. I loved it when Steve killed Saskia with that ashtray. Wasn't that good? Mm. And um, one of my favourites was Beyond. But you must have you must have been quite young then, though, surely. Bitch, I was young. I had no friends. Trust and believe I was watching every episode of EastEnders <laughs> from the age of about two. They were your friends. <laughs> they were my friends. Um, yeah, I was a massive fan. I actually only stopped watching it because I got a job at Soap Magazine in London. And then my job there was to watch not only EastEnders, but all the other soaps, which ended up being like your office hours. Oh. Then afterwards, like five hours of soaps every night. And it, it put me off so much that when I left that job under controversial circumstances, I um, just stopped watching all soaps and now i only see emmerdale when i'm at home because my mum literally will not watch it even if there's a bomb going off (laughs) um so this week's mini challenge is a drag race staple it's everybody loves puppets oh god i sounded like really high pitched then and creepy (laughs) (laughs) everybody loves puppets (laughs) everybody loves puppies this week's guest is penny wise we'd love to welcome you to the studio Penny unwise. <laughs> well, it was unwise for some of them to take on these impressions because they. I don't think they did a very good job. I think it was not who was the best, but who was the least worst. Um, who, who do you think did mm. okay in this? Do you know what? I think, you know, much as like you said last week um, with the American one and the. I just thought it was a bit of a, a shitty mini challenge and I wasn't like no one was horrendous. No one was amazing. It was just a bit blah. Oh, well, I agree that Bimini was the best. I mean, she had Lawrence, which is the easiest person to do. And she made the prolapse joke. And obviously you can do the accent. (laughs) But I thought Ellie doing taste was terrible. Lawrence, often Lawrence is not that funny in the comedy challenges. She only seems to be funny out of them, which is very strange. No, she stopped being funny for me weeks ago. Sorry. Yeah, she used up her shtick week one, I think, and she's just, like, riding on past glories. But, yes, Bimini yep. wins. Bimini's on such a streak at the moment. I can't remember the last time anyone won anything oh, that wasn't yeah. Bimini. Such a such a streak of piss. She is, and her hair looks like a streak of piss. Um, and the, the maxi challenge this week <laughs> is Boostenders, and they're going to be in the Queen Dick doing... I mean, I'm surprised it even took till season two. It's such an obvious challenge waiting to happen. Because Bimini won the mini challenges, she gets to assign roles. So I'm sure we're all thinking, Jesus Christ, do not do a strategy because Lawrence will just fucking explode. 
I mean, <laughs> but it wasn't as much of a storyline this week because we're still doing the storyline from the last lineup. Um, but we find out the characters um, are Scat Slater, Thought Bottom, Phyllis Mitchell, and have I missed one out? There was Ka- oh, Karen Bitchell no, as well. There's only four. Yeah, Karen Bitchell. <laughs> um, so which one would you have chosen? Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'd have chosen the one that Bimini chose, the landlady. Yeah, Scat Slater seems like the obvious starring role. Um, I think I probably would have gone for mm. Thought Bottom because Dot Cotton's so iconic and I think you could do a really good impersonation of her, which Ellie didn't do. Well, I would have hoped, I would have hoped that you'd have done a better job. Yeah, exactly. would have hoped you'd have done a better job than Ellie did. I mean, as they said later on, like, I mean, she did... She did quite well acting-wise, but it wasn't really about that. It was more to do with, you know, being a bit OTT. And um, she, she did, like, a good a good old older lady, but, like, I think it could have been, a, you know, better. So would you would you have done better? Go on, then. Do your Dot Cotton impression. Oh, I say. Well, you know, I'm not one to gossip. I mean, you put me on the spot there, but... <laughs> That was my best effort. I would, I would... You just trailed. You trailed it a minute ago. Shut up. <laughs> Take three. Um, but I have to tell my story. So Karen Mitchell, I assume, is based on Sharon Mitchell, uh, played by Letitia mm. Dean. And it's my t- my turn to name drop for once because I went to a wedding two years ago <laughs> in Florida, and Sh- uh, Letitia Dean was on our table, sat next to my boyfriend, and she was so much fun. It was in so Florida. It was in Fort Lauderdale in Florida, yes, on a boat. What was she doing there? Well, the one of the grooms was the former producer of EastEnders, Dominic Treadwell Collins, so that he uh, quite a few of the EastEnders casts were there. And actually, it was a bit like an EastEnders um... episode because there was quite a big drama on the day involving heli- hey, heli- what was the What was the drama? Involved helicopters and a missing person, but I won't name names. I'll leave it on a cliffhanger. I mean, someone actually was hanging off a cliff. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and I also have a story about um, Jesse Wallace, which is when a million years ago, when I went to the TV BAFTAs, and I went up to interview her, and she was blind drunk, and I wasn't judging because so was I. She grabbed me mm. without saying a word to me, dragged me across the room, and I thought I was being like thrown out for an interview or something, and then just threw me at this older gentleman who was holding a BAFTA, and said, "See, I found you on." <laughs> And then it turned out that he'd been saying he wanted to meet someone tonight. And Kat, uh, sorry, Jessie, when she saw this little gay man approach her, she, instead of answering the question, just thought, oh, there we go, flung me to this EastEnders writer. And that was her matchmaking. So I got matchmade by Kat Slater. You slag! <laughs> oh, my God, that's the best story. See, I found you one. I mean, God. So you don't even have a name. He wasn't like, a, it wasn't kind of like, a, oh, this is Ed. He just tried to interview me, but I thought it was better to introduce you to him as he's a gay man, blah, blah, blah. Just picked you up like a fucking commodity and threw you, <laughs> threw you at some old gay man. Well, the weird thing was, how did she know I was gay? That's the thing that's always really been a head scratcher, but I guess and, we'll never... And, and also, the, also, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that's how you and Lewis met. <laughs> Yes, he did. He did used to be a writer on EastEnders. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I love. Do you know what? I love the story. There's um. So I do. So I do these top fifty most shocking moments on Channel Five like a few times a year, and like I'm one of them. Jessie Wallace was in it, and she was um. I don't know if you've seen it. It was a story where they videoed her, and she was being a complete fucking nightmare outside. Oh the, um, yeah. The Holy Arms in Camden. Have you seen it? Oh, <laughs> but it's brilliant. I haven't seen the video, but she got suspended, didn't she, from the show because of it? Well, she did, and I think it's very much a case of um, when life imitates art, like like Daniela Westbrook, for example. Like, I mean, here we are again, like when she was in CBB, and um, and she's <laughs> she's and she's talking about the police. She's like the coppers, the coppers, they lie. They lie, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know she she was she based them like skanky old wench Sam Mitchell, and then like became that in real life. I know we used to all they used to give Jessie Wallace acting awards because she was so good at playing the tart with the heart with the drink problem, and it's like a few years later we're like, hmm, 
<laughs> was she the great actress we all thought she was? I don't know, but um... <laughs> yeah, but I hate that. But that's like, but that's like a classic Hollywood star. Like some of them, I know, like Matthew McConaughey or like Adam Sander. Like, all right, all right, all right. They well, they play they play themselves every time, and everyone's like, oh my god, that's so brilliant, so existential. And then like you know, when they meet them, they're like, oh oh, <laughs> yeah, you weren't acting. Oh, I see. Matthew McConaughey didn't play himself in Dallas Buyers Club, unless you know some things about him that we don't know. But we don't need the drama All of... Right, babes, you know what I mean. ...of Beastenders, <laughs> because Ellie and Lawrence are still arguing about the infamous lineup. Lawrence, I love this bit where Lawrence goes, I mean, we've shared a bed. I'm like, hey, can we put a pin in that? Because <laughs> Lawrence has been frothing at the mouth over taste and horror all season. Now we find out, have these fucking Scottish bitches been scissoring away up in Glasgow? I know. <laughs> that is two. That is two bags of haggis. I don't want to see banging around in a bed. Let me tell you, Sh- shaggis. I bet she even says, "I do think I'm being a bit hard on Ellie." Slaggers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, it sounds like you have been hard on Ellie. Maybe when you shared that bed, but um, <laughs> it sounds like they're just about getting over it. And we we have another race round now because Tace has been parading around the workroom wearing white boobs, which I believe is cultural appropriation. So I'm sure that's all going to be kicking off um, in the morning on daytime TV. Um, I have to say, though, that um, the way she did it was actually quite clever. And, um, you know, when we actually saw her character, I, you know, you know people as well as I know people that wear so much fucking bronzer on their face that their tits are a completely different colour. So it worked on that front. Completely. Let's not bitch about Moon while he's here. That's very rude. Um, <laughs> and we then get a TV message from Natalie Cassidy. Um, do you, you must have some stories about Natalie Cassidy. Uh... <laughs> Go on, dust him off. Yes, of course. Um, when I worked in the showbiz, you know, we had a few nicknames for her, but um, you know, none that I will say here, of course. But uh, she's, what I do think was funny with this bit was um, was. The whole fact that somebody went, oh, I'm just doing this now. I think it was Tace, which was obviously a reference to Morgana Robertson doing doing Natalie Cassidy, and, I, and like I, I would have thought that Natalie would have would have referenced that, but maybe she still finds it insulting. I'm not sure. Oh my god, it is one of the funniest impressions ever. If anyone listening has not checked out Morgana, what what was the show used to be called? Morgana's something. The Morgana Show. Oh yeah, how could I forget? <laughs> so, so complicated. <laughs> it's a real stretch, babes. She was in The Witches as well, wasn't she? Oh, she was. I mean, her Natalie Cassidy was probably the funniest, but honestly, her fern cotton will go down in history as one of the most accurate impressions I've seen on TV. <laughs> um, she's a fucking genius, yeah. I wonder what happened. I mean, as you said, she's in The Witches, but I wonder why she doesn't still do the No, I do know. I do know, actually. Well, so I've got, actually, I've got her number in my phone, funnily enough. I could call her now, live, and ask her. But, oh, um, ooh. You know, I met, I met, I've met her a few times. She was at my friend's wedding, one of my best mates, who um, it was his first wedding, actually. He has been married again since then but this was the wedding that um so so the best the best man uh his girlfriend was florence from um florence welch from florence the machine oh wow and um and the girl and a woman on my table and a woman on my table was morgana and we got on like a house on fire and then i think i bumped into her at a showbiz party not that long after but i was hammered and i I honestly think she just wanted to leave me alone i mean get away (laughs) she wanted me to leave her alone (laughs) i can relate to that absolutely um (laughs) but natalie um natalie cassidy she gives the queen some acting lessons and she's quite good isn't she she's more i guess i've never met natalie cassidy i always kind of think of her as quite insecure just because sonia was and she's been through her ups and downs uh gaining weight losing weight as like a full-time career no i'm and and thing is like she was she was on the show as a child and i do i do remember like when when i was when i used to watch it i feel like at one point natalie cassidy was doing like impressions of kim woodburn she was like oh i don't know if you're yeah if you're angry or climbing everest dear i'm like what's this camp persona she's putting on (laughs) just for drag race i do thought 
What I did think was funny was that um, afterwards, uh, Bimini was like, oh, I just love, I just love getting all that advice from, from, she said, she said to just go for it and go crazy, which was, the, and the last thing she said was like, make sure you like, you know, don't go crazy the whole time. And uh, that's exactly, so obviously no one was listening. <laughs> they were all doing the Morgana impression to each other. No one listened. She gave great <laughs> advice. She said, go crazy from the beginning to the end and don't let up. That's what she, I believe she said. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> People, I mean, like my memory may vary from what you you write, Marimba. Oh wait, is this another Megan reference? Recollections no, may vary, no. bitch. That's strike three. <laughs> anyway, Natalie Cassidy. Oh no, leaves. what do you do? Send him to the fucking tower. <laughs> Off with his head. I'll give him head. I don't mind. Um, Natalie Cassidy leaves for a trumpet lesson and then they go to do a shoot with Michelle Visage, who, by the way, is always trying to get cast in EastEnders in every interview. She's like, that's my dream job. So I'm sure she was pitching for this challenge to crop up. Um, what did you make of their rehearsals? She'd make a good, she'd make a good busty, so, well, busty before, but like she'd make a, I, I, I don't know, because she was, didn't she do it in English accent in, um, I was going to say something about Mary, but. Everybody's talking about Jamie. Everyone's talking about Jamie. And um, yeah, I think she was, she was slated slightly for her, for her accent. She was cat slated slightly for her accent. <laughs> but I think, um, I think, you know, I, she, she'd be good, but I do, I do think. I don't know. She, I think, because she does it later. It's like she's, she purports to be this British expert, and you know, is she as much of an expert as we think as she thinks she is? I don't know. Well, it's because she's sat next to RuPaul. You could have a Martian land from space who would know more about British culture than RuPaul. So I think now that that's not true. Ru does know a lot, but I think obviously Michelle spent a lot of time here because she came over for Strictly for Celebrity Big Brother. So she gets a lot of the nuances yeah. that you have to live here yeah. for. Whereas Ru has never, mm. I, as as far as I know, lived in the UK apart from shooting this. What did you think of the Queen and Queens in their rehearsals? Again, you know, I haven't got a lot to say about it really. I thought this is this is what sometimes annoys me about Drag Race is that they, you know, they this is this is like a whole scene. Um, and it's quite long and we can see all these bits and then they sort of become irrelevant by the time you actually see the whole thing because they reference the rehearsals once or twice, um, but they have really no bearing on the final show. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, I feel like it's filler. I feel like, you know, for example, Lawrence didn't know her lines very well. Sorry, his lines very well. And fine about the rehearsal. It was good to see it. But at the end of the day, it could have been cut to you know, way shorter than it was because it really made no difference to the ultimate product. The thing I found strange, which became apparent in the rehearsal, is I assumed that they would all be doing a full-on impression of the character that their character was based on. Because, like, if oh, you right, compare yeah, it to yeah. um, the Sex and the Kitty Girl challenge from All Stars 4, obviously, mm, if you get cast mm. in the Kim Cattrall role, you do an impression of Kim Cattrall. So... I mean, maybe it's a bit mm. looser and they were more free to interpret it. But I mean, if you get cost as a Doc Cotton type, oh. yes, do an old lady. But I would aim for Doc Cotton. She's iconic. And um, <laughs> yeah. L- Lauren... you do an old lady, but you, you give it a Doc Cotton sort of bent. You know, you give it a smoking of dot. and the eyes yeah, to yeah. the oh ceiling God, yeah. and the like pained look. And uh, I don't, Lawrence <laughs> just seemed to me to be doing Fagin from Oliver Twist, which kind of worked. But it was like. I guess you couldn't really do Phil Mitchell that much. Was she but... supposed to be? Was she supposed to be? What? Or was she, no, I think it was like a blend of Phil Mitchell and Pat Butcher. Yeah. Well, I thought Phil, obviously Phyllis Mitchell. I thought it's Phil Mitchell, and then I guess it was a bit of Shirley as well thrown in there. Um, I think Mo, <laughs> little Mo, oh big Mo, yeah, who's Gary Oldman's yeah. brother, isn't it? Sister. <laughs> Excuse me. Until I've seen Under the Skirt, I'm not going to assume you anything. You are misgendering Mo Oldman. Is that a real name? <laughs> I don't know what Mo- a real name. Moldman. Moldman. But I love the fact at the end of the rehearsal, Michelle gives um, the pep talks are not going down well in this episode. Michelle gives Lawrence a pep talk about believing in yourself and then straight after goes, it's a wrap. I'm like, well, that pep talk was pretty pointless thing because we'd finished filming. That was weird. That really was weird cutting. It's in like, right, next time we'll do it like this. And it's finished. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I, but that's what I mean by my comment that it, that it really has no bearing on, on what goes on later on. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It was just seemed a bit pointless. Well, Drag Race don't like to cut bits out of their episode, unlike us who are having to cut multiple parts out of this episode, Sam, because of your (laughs) outrageous comments. 
Trust me, guys, we've spared you some very offensive things. Um, quite funny, so, but very Yes, offensive. I agree with... I agree, yes. Yes, I agree with you, Ed. So my favourite episode of EastEnders was... Oh, uh, wait. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I... that was another, ba- another bad cut. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your hair. Um, no, I'm joking. Another, another bit I thought could have been edited out, actually, that I didn't enjoy was this letters segment in the workroom. Oh, very very cbb very you know a bit of a emo that we didn't need i know it's just like yes they love their mums their mums are proud of them four in a row it's just a bit monotonous it would have been better if bag of chips was there because her mum would have been sending hate mail and that's more entertaining (laughs) one thing one thing i will say is that it is quite a testament to britain i think because we don't have these little pockets of religious fanaticism we don't have like you know um this whole sort of like conservative right etc i think um most people especially you know where all of these queens have come from their mums are super supportive so i think is um it's a good example of how uk drag race is different to other drag races because they have they were all supportive they're all like oh this is my son he's a queen and all told stories in the letters about how you know you know they loved it when their son you know like had you know stuff props and stuff when they were children and i think that is um that was a good thing i did enjoy that in american drag race it's like my dad didn't love me i wanted to die and in the british one it's taste going i had gonorrhea and syphilis and it's just like well that's our sob stories um <laughs> and, my, and mum was and mum was cheering me on all every step of the way and took me down to the gum clinic she needed to get checked herself to be fair oh I don't know why I'm doing this up, but half the time tastes. Um, so we get to the runway and RuPaul comes out in a gold creation, which is classic RuPaul. So is it a hit or is it a shit? Oh, it's stunning. It's a hit. It was a hit for me. I thought it was beautiful. I really like, I love the high leg. It was lovely. Oh, it's HIT positive. Absolutely. And then she calls oh Michelle Visage <laughs> Granny Dyer. <laughs> uh, so I thought that's... Because <laughs> of her grey, because of her grey hair, which seems to be incredible increasing by the week i know it looks good though uh, but i wondered did you have any stories about danny dyer no i've got a few stories about um other members of his family but i, I can't say on here i you know i've you know i've got a couple of stories about paul Danan. <laughs> no that's a bit too loose a link i've got um i've met danny dyer a few times none of the stories of me meeting him are that exciting oh actually no, i do have really good one. oh i will tell this one um so i'd start working at a newspaper <laughs> and i was waiting for my um to get a big story in the paper and it'd been a few weeks and I was like I haven't got anything yet and then I was at an event it was a, a Stonewall of oh no it was Stonewall it was some sort of gay charity event obviously I was very invested in it and um, and Danny Dyer was there he was absolutely <laughs> supporting your people as always he was absolutely hammered and I went up to talk to him and I told him which was true that I how moved I was by the whole storyline in his senders about him um, when his son came out to him his son Johnny and how the, the, it's one of the best scenes I've ever seen on television. I, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It makes me cry every time. Um, but I was saying that to Danny Dyer, and he was like really drunk. He was like, "Oh, I love hearing that. Um, that's terrible. Oh, I love hearing that, mate. That's amazing." And then he starts slagging off um, Jesse Wallace, saying she's a cunt. <laughs> To me, I think he was so drunk he didn't realise I was a journalist. So the next day, it was going to be a big story in the paper. But I hadn't recorded it because he'd... Before we even got to an interview stage... Oh, no. He'd started just mouthing off. And um, the the head of EastEnders Press got in touch with the paper and said, that never happened, he never said that. And I was like, so you're calling me a liar? <gasps> me, a liar. And um, the story got pulled. You... And I was absolutely outraged because it was meant to be my first big story in the paper and they fucking lied. So everyone talks about the media lying, but there's, there's sometimes the media, the truth doesn't get out because we are silenced. So Danny Dyer... I'm not being funny. I'm not being funny. Just, just, <laughs> just like Daniela Westbrook says, it's all lies! Lies! <laughs> no, she says it's all lines. It's all lines. Um, <laughs> she, no, she says, please go... No, we can't say that either. Oh, oh, I'm glad you're, you're editing now before you get there. Um, but all, another story about Danny Dyer that I'm not involved in is he has one giant bollock. Shut up. He does. That is... He admits it himself. If you Google it, he even got it out once on TV. He has one normal-sized bollock and one giant, like, tumour bollock. And... And if that's not dire, I don't know what is. Well, I'm saying I'm saying, probably probably Danny clearly came from the small one then. Yeah. 
<laughs> Danny the Danny the daughter, daughter Danny. Um, and we get our, <laughs> our guest judge this week, which was hyped up on social media as being the best guest judge of all time. So I suspected it wasn't a real person, and it is Mickey, which is a take on Ricky, the per- the mannequin from the Beastenders skit, whatever you want to call it, hit shit or skit. And um, I thought we talked about it yesterday, didn't we, Sam? I'm, 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 can I just say, can I say, sh- can I say shit skit? <laughs> I think it was a, a bit of a shit skit, but apparently it's gone down quite well, which shows how low the bar is. But I, th- <laughs> I thought it was going to be the Queen Vic bust, didn't I, as the guest judge? I, I guessed that yesterday. Oh, you did say that. And I was quite I mean, confident, but I was close. Either way, I'd rather the whole thing you've just not been bothered with. I didn't find it funny. I found it quite funny. I thought it was probably one of the better guest judges they've had this season. Better than Liz Hurley. <laughs> More animated than Liz Hurley. AJ, better, than a, better, better than AJ Madison. <laughs> I can't remember who that is. Who was that? Oh, the one, the one of the one of the people that's always on American One. Oh, you idiot. That's T. S. Madison. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, who's stupid <laughs> now, bitch? Oh. Um, me, it's me, it's me. <laughs> the category for the runway is Panto Dames. Uh, so, are you a fan of Panto, Samuel? Um, yes. Do you know what? I never used to be um, until maybe the, the last couple of years. I went, I went with um, some family members to our local one in Wellington City, and do you know what? It was really fucking funny. It was really rude, and um, I didn't realise it that because I because I hadn't. Hadn't gone to them, and like my mum, I think my mum thought they were a little bit um, trashy. So we never went as as children. So um, when I went as an adult, I real I realised a that I found it funny, and b why my mum wouldn't like that because that is not her sort of humour. She thinks it's a bit too crass. And um, I yeah no I I really I really enjoyed it. So I would I would definitely go. In fact I in fact a friend of mine was producing one last year, and I said that I would love to audition to be in it. <laughs> Oh, you'd be amazing. You might be a bit too camp for a panto, but um, I'm sure you could tone it down a little bit. (laughs) So let's go through these runways. So Lawrence Cheney comes out in a pastel panto with a sewing machine on her head. Widow Wanky! And does a he's behind you reveal. Is it a hit or a shit? Shit. I thought it was a hit. I quite liked it. No, it's a shit. Sorry, too much. It's a fucking shit. Uh, what about Tace and her fairy godmother Tinkerbell? Look, that was a hit from me. It was, it was, it was super. I loved how they said it's Kylie Minogue. Um, clearly, that wasn't you know straight. Clearly, that was not not straight. But that was obviously written for them because yeah. you can just come up with that straight away. I think it was um, a good reference. She did look like Kylie from the Showgirl tour. Yeah, she did. But I, and I think it was be and I do think and I do think it was beautiful. But it, again, it. it I say hits because I loved it, but it, it, it wasn't Dame. It was Pante, but not Dame. I give it a shit, so we're disagreeing on all of them. And the reason is because I'm judging... Oh, fuck you! I'm judging Taste differently because the thing is, as I've said before, Taste is very beautiful and she's like a model. So obviously she always looks good. Even in that awful scrubber thing, she almost looked good. But like at the end of the day, oh, yeah. if Lawrence Cheney was wearing this fairy godmother outfit, I don't think we'd anyone would praise it. So I have to mm. put effort into mm-hmm. what you actually like. Taste could look even better than this. It's quite lazy, I think, for her, and quite it just wasn't as good as everyone else's. Wow. Okay. What did you think of Bimini's baby doll? And did the same reveal as Lawrence, which got glossed over, that is behind you. I know. I, why was that glossed over? I think I think it was glossed over because of COVID. That's what I would say. Blame it on COVID. That's what I always do. Yeah, but I think um, I I liked it. I liked the you know the thing is I I have to say I don't like that shape of a dress. I've seen it on the runway before, not the drag race runway. I'm talking about the fashion runway before. I don't I don't like it when girls do it. I don't like it when boys do it. I just I just think it's weird and the whole. The whole fact that it's called Baby Doll makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. So I didn't like it. Sorry. I didn't like it shit. either. I'm going to... Well, we're on the same page now. I give it a shit as well. Right. It wasn't for me. I mean, the reveal's good, but it was the second time we'd seen it. And sometimes it's look of the draw. Who goes first? Yeah. My favourite yeah. was Ellie Diamond with her Royal Queen. I thought it was amazing. Did you... mm-hmm. I definitely give it a hit. What do you think? I also give it a hit, actually. I think um, it was... It brought together, you know, the whole British thing about Panto. I loved it. The makeup was brilliant. Um, 
you know, I do think I do I do think it was fantastic and very very queenly. I thought I thought it was you know the best look of the week. I would say. Well, very queenly because she wasn't smiling, and our queen this week is not smiling. So very everything. Oh, oh, so oh, so now you're oh, so you can reference it, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> That's censorship for you. You think you have freedom of speech? You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of being I'm sick of being silenced I'm, are you, I, Next week you'll see me on Oprah babes And I'll, I'll tell my truth <laughs> um, I need to tell some truth now Before we watch Beastenders Which is I forgot to give a shout out to God Save the Tea uh, When I broke the exclusive the other week About the new um, international season of uh, Drag Race All Stars That's featuring UK queens Canadian queens um, American Queens and the tip was given to me by God Save the Tea who are good friends of the podcast and I forgot to credit them and they rightly called me out on it so God Save the Tea God bless you and now when did you when did you, when did you break that news well it was on the podcast to you I, I, for, I forget which episode it was I said oh there's going to be an international drag race season I mean it hasn't taken off oh well on... I'm not I'm not, I'm not... Hasn't set the the media alight as of yet, but it, I it, I did reveal it. <laughs> I feel I feel like we're I feel like we're churning them out at like ten to the dozen. So I'm not sure what happens in each episode at the moment. I'm not sure what happened five minutes ago. All I know for sure is that it was edited out. <laughs> what what maybe should have been edited out was Beastenders. So what did you think of this skit? It was overly long. I liked it, but um, I thought. Bimini and taste were the best. I thought um, I, it was it was quite it was quite funny. Uh, there was some there was some bits that made me laugh. There was some good self reference self referential stuff, but um, ultimately it was too long. And um, I don't know. I, I did I did like it though. What did you think? Well, I agree. I mean, the thing is, you have to put it in the context of drag race challenges. So acting challenges are always a bit naff. Mm. On the if you had to rate mm. them, this is one of the better ones. But it's still they never make sense. Oh, definitely. The writing's always bad. They're always just shoehorning in cheap gags. But I think that the, these queens yeah. did the best with the material. <laughs> Sounds like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. But I I agree with you actually because I think taste was the best in this challenge. So I'm really mm, surprised at how things turned out. Um, for one thing, not that this makes a difference in an acting challenge, but she looked beautiful. Her face was like, I actually took my breath away. She looked mm -hmm. a little bit like a young RuPaul. And mm. I just thought she hit every beat. I thought she... Do you see what I mean about the about the um, the colour of the breastplate, though, compared? It was it was like, you know, like a friend from Manchester or something that had too much bronzer on. I liked the idea of it. That was I think that was what she was going for. Absolutely. It was funny. I thought she was a scene stealer when she did the You Ain't My Mother. I mean, they were all they were all quite good. I agree with yeah. the judges. No one completely flopped. And it was hard to say who was the best, but I thought Taste was the best. I thought probably second was Lawrence. Yeah. And then Bimini mm. was good. No, no. Well <laughs> Lawrence Lawrence was Lawrence was terrible, just relied on the shouting and the like and then like her accent like veered all over the shop. Like sometimes she was like she's like obviously clearly, you know, um being like Brabba Scottish, like, you know, is, you know, her go to when it comes to comedy. And that slipped in a good few times. And then um I, I no, I'm sorry, but Lawrence to me what it was Ellie the Ellie the worst, then Lawrence, then Bimini, then Taze. Well, I agree just apart from I would put Bimini and Lawrence the other way, but there's not a lot in it. I just thought Lawrence was a more commanding performance. I thought Bimini at times mm. felt a bit awkward, but when she was good, she was good. Mm. And she was kind of playing herself, as we said. Um, and I also, yeah. I, the, my favourite line of the scene was definitely, I didn't just become a bit of a drag, I became a total drag, which tasted really well. Um, <laughs> I just think I agree with what the judges say that it was um, that no one was terrible again, which was true, I thought. I know, but like Taste has one win in this competition and I really feel like they because she did so well, they could have given her a win and it would have she would have gone into the final with a little bit of momentum. Mm. And I just think I don't No, but it was the it was the runway outfit that stopped that. Yeah. And I didn't like that, to be fair. But then Bimini won and I didn't like hers either. And I thought they were over the top praising Bimini and um Mm -hmm. And I thought they were also over the top saying how good an actress Ellie was. Like, I don't think she was bad, but I mean, she wasn't Meryl Streep. They were acting as if she was, like, incredible. Mm. 
I think it will be. I mean, like, I think her talent is amazing, Bimini, but also she's got the non-binary thing going for her. She's very, you know, she's she's doing things completely differently. I think um, I'd be very surprised if it was anyone but Bimini that won the whole series, to be honest, by now. Oh, absolutely. I think she basically wins the series this episode. So now next week is just a yeah. confirmation, really. Um, but the judges were really annoying me this episode. I wasn't agreeing with them. Like, Graham was slagging off Ellie's runway outfit, saying he expected bigger. And I was like... Is, her outfit was really good. It was the How best much bigger do you want? I know, she was a massive dame. She's already eight foot tall. I just thought Graham was a bit off this episode. Um, and then backstage, Tace is mad and I don't blame her. She feels overlooked and she doesn't want to lip sync for a fourth time. And I'm like, I feel like they are overlooking her. I feel like she was quite good in the comedy challenge last week. And I think they're just putting her in the... Putting her in really, the and really good this week as well. Really good. Really good. good. Like as, as both... Both you and I said that we thought she's the best. So I, I, you know, I think it was, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, slightly poor judging. And then she says that um, she thought Ellie and Lawrence were overpraised because they kept forgetting their lines. And that <laughs> sparks off another row between Ellie and Lawrence. I love that though. <laughs> because Ellie says that she... I love it when, I do love it. Yeah, I do love it. I have to stop you there when, when Queen say, <laughs> when they come back and they say, well, I do... I do think you didn't deserve that praise. <laughs> like they going over the over the heads of the judges themselves who didn't give them that good critiques. And then they say, well, you know, the judges were wrong to be so good about you because I don't think you were good enough. Uh, excuse me, just before you start feeling good about yourself, can I just say, I think actually <laughs> you were quite crap and you deserve to die. I'm just, that's just my opinion. I'm just being honest. I'm just, literally, I'm just, I'm just coming out and saying that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not it's not about you specifically, but I'm just saying that um you should fuck up and die because you're shit uh you don't have to take it personally i'm just saying i hate you as a person and i don't think you belong here but that if you take it personally that's your insecurity all right (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry if you i'm i'm really really sorry and i do apologize if you took that rudely (laughs) apology accepted um and they should apologize for giving bimini a fourth win I mean, it, obviously she wasn't bad. It's not insane, but I was just like, does she really need the fourth win when it was a challenge that everyone did well in? And they didn't even build suspense or like pretend they were going to give it to someone else. It was just like straight away, Bimini, you won. And I'm like, she's won the whole thing. Yeah, like when they when they normally say like, you know, well done to you for doing really good. Like, I mean, like they could have at least gone through all, I mean, there's only four of them there. At least gone and said like, you did, the, you did really this well, really, you did this really well, you did this really well, and then come back to Bimini at the end. But no, no point. There's no point in that. No mincing around, which is the first time on Drag Race. No. Um, so we get the bottom two, which is Ellie and Tace, <laughs> which I really do think whatever happened this week, they were putting them in the bottom and they were just scraping around for ways to justify it. So I find that annoying. But what I am yeah. happy about is the song because yeah. we get Steps for the first time, which... Oh my God. I mean, Steps <laughs> is my childhood. Like that was the first thing I loved as a young gay boy. Um, I remember once <laughs> I was I was so ashamed of how much I loved Steps. I remember once I um, <laughs> went into a what was the shop called at the time MVC or HMV or something like that uh, LGBT MVQ I think it was called. Um, <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> and I remember I bought a Steps album and I bought a DVD of Porn. And I walked to the <laughs> counter and noticed that I was hiding the Steps CD under the pawn. And that's when I knew <laughs> that the shame priorities were all out of whack. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, so I, so I worked for Virgin Megastore for a, for a good few years and I, and I fucking loved it. And one of the things they taught us was to never judge what people bought as in like it's none of your business what people like you and like and you shouldn't judge anybody um because that's their music taste and um i remember i remember once um so somebody somebody came to me with a with a cd single and i turned around and i was talking and i was i was um i wasn't concentrating and i looked down on it and it was a cleopatra single and i went ugh and I looked, and I looked at the, and I and I looked at the person who was buying it, and she looked fucking destroyed, and I felt so fucking bad. I was like, I was like, oh no, no, I didn't mean that about the CD. It was no, no, because and like, and that's from that <laughs> side of the counter. You realise how, you know, because like. 
because that's exactly what you were thinking. Like, I mean, the thought that you were going to come up because because we were all seen as like quite cool because we worked there. So that if you're going to come up with a with a step single, because like, it'd be your worst nightmare that someone would look at it and then look at you like you were a piece of shit because you were buying it. I thought you were going to say you went uh, and then looked up and it was a member of Cleopatra buying the album. <laughs> no. Coming at you. No, although, although, although seeing as we are in EastEnders, um, Pam St. Clement always used to come to our shop and buy her copy of Diva. <laughs> but buy her copy of KD Lang's Greatest Hits. <laughs> no. Um, no. Diva, the magazine, the lesbian magazine. Oh, I was making a lesbian joke and you'd already said a lesbian thing. I should know I've written for Diva as well. <laughs> Yeah, you prick. You prick. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, obviously, I love Steps. Um, we've been to a Steps concert together, haven't we, Sam? And, like, it was yes. a, a joyous moment. However, I do love this song, Lasting On My Mind. But I, if I was going to choose a Steps lip sync, this probably wouldn't have been my choice, but it's still a great song. Deeper Shade of Blue would have been better. Absolutely, Deeper Shade of Blue would have been better. Or, like, I mean, it's not one of my favourites, mm. but Tragedy would have been the obvious choice. I guess because it's BGs, maybe the royalties it's cost just more. You can't do, you can't do, you, but you, yeah, but you can't do any. The thing is, I like, I, I did think initially, oh, this is great, but I was watching it with David, and David was like, oh, this is a shit song because he hates steps. But at the end of the day, Don't I him. agreed with him because the, there's no, but there's no emotion in it. Do you know what I mean? There's no, you can't really give it a lot of emotion because it's very, it's a very, um, I know, fluff of a song, really. There's not a lot you can do. This though. one, I find it quite emotional. Yeah. But I, th- I, thought, it was, <laughs> right, I thought it was an amazing lip sync. Uh, I actually do think Ellie was better than Tace. I was amazed that she death yeah, dropped. She was, I wasn't yeah. seeing that in the cartwheel. And the thing is with Tace, like... No, neither of them probably death dropped. They were both crap. They both crap dropped at some point. It was neither of them were very professional. Sorry. Tace just went to her knees. But Ellie, I think, did go from cartwheel to death drop. Or broke her leg. Something happened. Mm. But um, I, I thought that Ellie won. I thought... I think, again, I'm talking about Tace's looks, but I think she often gets called a better lip syncer than she is just because she's serving face and the face she's serving is beautiful but I mean she's not really giving me yeah. a lot of emotion or a performance it's just kind of posing no it was very it's very similar to the other one she's done to be honest so I think yeah. like as we as you as you said before I think if you if you're doing um who did we say this about um was it Denali who you said gave it so much Oh, I think uh, and they were like, I'm gonna give it my all. I'm gonna give like, I'm gonna give everything, everything that I was, everything that I was gonna put into my um, lip syncs. I'm gonna give in this one, and I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Tace's lip syncs are basically just, you know, she's just doing a bog standard performance. She's got nothing. There's no surprises left for the finale. So I don't know. Denali gave more in that lip sync on season 13 than Taste has given him four. And Taste now is an official lip sync assassin, but I don't think the title is justified because I think mm. she's just barely skated by every lip sync. But anyway, she stays, yeah, she wins the lip sync, but gag, I did see this coming. Ellie also gets a Shantae, which is the first ever double Shantae in Drag Race history in the UK. And they're all going... <laughs> Has it been two series? <laughs> it's only been two series. Yeah. Also, I should add, Bimini Bamboulash is the first queen in the UK franchise to win four challenges. So we're getting a lot of history. Yeah. Made. Also, Ellie's the first to make it to the final with no wins. Uh, in the UK one, mm-hmm. in the US one, Jujubee has also done it. So I think, I mean, right now's a good time to contest who should win, who will win. But I think it's just... BBB Bimini Bamboulash all the way, isn't it? There's it. Yeah, she all, seems all the way. More more BB than a chem sex party. <laughs> and a preview uh, next week. We see that they're all going to do a performance before Bimini gets crowned, and it looks like it's going to be a exciting finale. And of course, we will be recapping it as ever. And until then, let's Queen click it out. Queen click it out. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging around and sticking with us during our multiple edits.